0: Welcome to the MUFG Global Markets FX Week Ahead podcast with Lee Hardman, currency analyst at MUFG. It's Friday, 30th of June, 2023, and joining Lee to post some questions on the financial markets themes for the week ahead is Simon Mays, director of MUFG's Global Customer Marketing Group. The following podcast is intended for professional investors and eligible counterparties only, and not for retail clients. Any content should not be regarded as an offer to conduct investment business or an investment recommendation, but for information purposes only.
1: Hi there, Lee. Great to see you. Hi, Simon. So we've had a lot of markets focus on central bank events uh, earlier in the month, but what has captured your attention in the FX market over the past week? Yeah, I think this week has been quite choppy in FX markets. Um, for most of this week, we have seen the dollar try to strengthen throughout, throughout the week. Um, mainly on the back of stronger economic data that's come from the US, which had been pointing towards more resilience for the US economy at the start of this year. We saw uh, quite a sizable upward revision to GDP growth in Q1, um, showing that the economy still was growing reasonably well at around 2% at the start of this year. And on top of that as well, we did see a drop back in the latest weekly jobless claims figures. So that has eased some of the kind of angst in the market that the labor market there is starting to show more signs of weakness. So those kind of stronger data points alongside some comments as well from Fed Chair Powell, who is over here speaking at the ECB Central Bank Conference. Um, He certainly seemed to come across a little bit more hawkish than um, some of his recent comments putting more emphasis on the Fed's desire to deliver two more hikes and not ruling out the possibility of of hiking in July and then September back to back. Uh, all of those developments have put some further upward pressure on uh, yields at the short end of the curve in the US as the markets move to price in a higher probability of the Fed delivering two hikes uh, through the rest of, of this year. So that has given the dollar some support. I haven't said that though. Obviously, this afternoon we that 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 dollar rally has suffered a setback where we had the release of um, a softer PCE deflator report from the U.S. Um, the the measure which the Fed has been watching closely is the super core measure, which is the the the, the core measure of the PCE deflator, um, stripping out as well housing costs. Uh, and it was notable that that measure of core inflation showed its smallest monthly increase since um, July of of last year. So while that's just obviously one report at this point in time, it's it's perhaps an indication that underlying inflation pressure is slowing as well. And if we were to see further, softer reports in the coming months, we think that would give the Fed more confidence uh, to communicate that they're close to the end of their hiking cycle, which we still think could happen uh, at the September uh, meeting. Um, so to us, we're not convinced that this dollar rebound has got legs from here, and that we do think is if going forward over the summer period, as more evidence emerges that disinflation pressures are building in the US, uh, we feel that will put the dollar back under selling pressure uh, going into the, the second half of, of this year. So, so when do you, when do we feel that the, uh, the Fed is going to start easing again? I, I know there was a lot of thinking at the, perhaps at the end of this year at one point. Do you think that's still the case? Yeah, I mean you can't completely rule out the possibility of a cut by the end of this year, but I think for that to happen, you'd need to see the um, inflation surprise significantly to the downside, which would allow the Fed to consider reversing the um, the, 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 the high rates that we see at the moment or alternatively, uh, some form of kind of negative um, financial shock. Or economic shock coming through from from the sharp rise that we've seen in, in rates. I know at the start of this year, we did see some tremors in the markets because of higher rates coming through when, when there was the loss of confidence in the US regional banking sector. Uh, but we haven't really seen much follow through since then. So, we would need to see another it's like a similar kind of shooter drop later this year really to force the Fed into cutting rates by, by year end. To us, it's still probably more likely that the great cut story is one more for for next year for the Fed. I think, even if it's a soft landing um, rather than a hard landing, um, the Fed should have room to think about bringing rates down to to more reasonable levels, given that um, the moment they're very much in in, in restrictive territory. And still ahead of the likes of the banking and the ECB in regards to their cycle. That's yeah. right. And I think that's why we still have a, a bearish dollar view is that we think the inflation developments in the US are moving more quickly in a favorable direction. So inflation is coming down more more quickly in the US, both in terms of the headline measure. And we think as well, we will see more progress on, on the core measure in, in the US in, in the coming months, which then, like I say, gives the, the Fed uh, the ability to to uh, lead the way uh, so to speak in, in in this cycle by first pausing the the tightening cycle ahead of the ECB and Bank of England and then also potentially opening up the possibility for them to to cut rates ahead of those central banks as well which we think if that story plays out it could certainly pull the dollar down further from here we still think even at these levels it's it's re- continuing to trade at, at at overvalued levels against those other major currencies got it Moving on to, to next week, then, um, clearly, the, the non-farm payrolls report is going to be a focus, as always. Uh, what else will you be watching out for next week? Yeah, like you said, Simon, obviously, for Fed expectations, payrolls report next week is going to be crucial ahead of the July meeting. We have that payrolls report and then the week after the, the, the next US CPI report's release. So those are going to be the, the two key ones which will ultimately determine whether the Fed pulls the trigger and, and hikes again in July. At the moment, it certainly looks like the Fed is going to hike again in July, um, unless we see some big downside surprises for CPI or or payrolls. Um beyond there though, I guess the other focus we'll be watching um in the week ahead is 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 dollar yen. Um we're getting to levels now for dollar yen where we were late last year when Japan Um, surprised uh, many people and intervened in the market to support the yen when dolly yen was trading between 145 and the 150 area so understandably um, market participants are starting to speculate uh, or become more nervous over the possibility of of japan coming back into the market to support uh, the yen obviously the Key kind of fundamental reasons why the yen is is weakening so sharply at the moment is that we think that the external environment is is more favorable now for those kind of yen-funded carry trades. Um, We've seen volatility in financial markets and in the FX market has been falling throughout this year. We're now kind of back to levels of FX vol. Uh, which we saw kind of pre-Ukraine conflict at the start of this year. So that lower volatility makes it sort of less risky to put on carry trades. And then say at the same time, this kind of policy divergence story between the BOJ and other central banks is continuing with, say, the Fed, ECB, Bank of England still signaling that they want to do more in terms of raising rates, while the BOJ is, is still very reluctant to move away from, from their least policy stance. So all of those factors fundamentally make it attractive to be short the yen right now um but like i say there's it doesn't necessarily rule out the possibility that japan could come back in to support the market although obviously it's it's hard for for them to to justify um that response to uh, uh other countries like like the us obviously if they're maintaining loose policy and the yen's weakening hard to argue against it really but as we saw late last year uh, there are obviously other ways they can try to justify that as kind of a temporary measure to support the yen if they were to 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 believe that the yen had become somewhat uh detached from from fundamentals perhaps arguing that yen weakness is becoming sort of overshooting the the fundamentals or if we were to see signs that the pace of of, of yen weakness was was accelerating or or even that um if 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 the move um, to the to the downside in the end, if that became kind of more of a, a one way kind of uh, price action, then I think all of those reasons could be used by by Japan to to step back into the market market and support the end. Um, I'd say at this point, it's probably is not a strong case for them to come in right now. So we'd be surprised if they were to do that in in the week ahead. But obviously, if, if developments uh, were to continue like we saw throughout most of this month, and the yen was to keep weakening uh, quite rapidly, then um, that could certainly bring them back into to the market if we were to get up to say the one fifty level or or above in in dollar yen. So that's something we'll continue to to watch going forward as as well. Thank you very much, Leah. Great to catch up and have a good weekend. Thanks, Simon.
0: Thank you for listening to the MUFG Global Markets Podcast. Rate, review and subscribe and contact your MUFG sales rep for more information. Come back next week for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.